0: Welcome back to the Nullify Tech channel here on YouTube, back for the very first time in a very long time. It's myself, Chris, Kahuna, and Maki, the normal hosts that you have here on the channel for Australian Survivor. It has been a minute since the three of us have been together on a podcast, even though we do talk quite consistently off air, I thought, let's bring one of our off air discussions on air. And get a whole bunch of Survivor fans really angry at us, Kahuna, because whenever you go out there and you claim that you have got the secret sauce to the top five players to ever play Australia Survivor, you know it's
1: going to come with some heat, right, Kahuna? Oh, always. Survivor is such a opinion-based um, sort of game. And <clears throat> Yeah, it was just really interesting and such a, a to get my headspace back into Survivor because me and Mucky have been talking about people on an island. It's just a different type of island the last couple of weeks or months, a million dollar type of island. I'm like, oh, and I'm like getting my headspace around how that game's played versus let's get into who's going to be the top five Australian survivors of all time and what a massive topic to discuss. And I was like, I'm happy to transition from million dollar island back to Survivor with a topic like this that gets your head going again absolutely
0: i'm so excited i am really excited for the madman of australian survivor mr muckster himself to be back on a podcast with me mucky are you about to blow things up tonight
2: mate i'm ready to muck things up you know i can't wait to you know explain everyone on why Rogus the fifth fourth third second and best all right
0: that's it enough from him we're putting him in the spy shack for the rest of the night if he's going to start with a rogue top five nomination for those that are
1: you know, the...
0: yeah it did not i feel like that was a record two minutes and 40 seconds in, and we already had to put him off the... you know, vote him out of the island this early on um bro, Mucky, will you it's behave been tonight.
2: two minutes man it's been <laughs> two <laughs> you, you really kicked me out <laughs>
0: I don't know why I do this to myself, Kahuna. You know, I've been getting a lot more gray, like there's extra gray he's popping out, you know, doing this podcast with Mucky. Um, and I don't know where, like, I'm actually anxious. I didn't sleep well last night because I didn't know who he was going to nominate in his top five players. And that's right, top five players, not your favorite players, but the players that you think, you know, have got the biggest legacy in Australian Survivor, the ones that have probably, you know, pound for pound is the best players to ever play the game. But uh, before we get into it, the channel is growing and it's really exciting. And I just wanted to thank everybody because normally I do this by the end of a live. I normally go into thank you for everybody that sort of stayed with us. But for those that are sort of in the beginning, you know, if you're new to the channel, we're hoping that today we earn your subscription and at some point you'll subscribe. We're getting very close to 2000 subscribers. And when we do get to 2000 subscribers, there will be a special live that we'll do around that time. And uh, it's really fitting that we have both Kahuna and Maki on the channel because your support have been has actually made it possible for us to upgrade both of their mics tonight. So you're actually hearing mm. all three of us with decent mics tonight. So the quality of the show, uh, you know, that's what we're doing. For people that are subscribing, people that are watching, we're putting it straight back into the channel to try and work on the quality here of the show. But let's say hello to a few people in the live. Uh, Tom McPherson saying Dez from season one is the GOAT. Well, Des yeah. already responded to me on twitter when i when i said we were going to do this you know and he already you know he was he was all amped to see who our top five was going to be i know he's very active on twitter did
2: you know he was that active on twitter mikey uh, i'm not on twitter Yeah, no, i think you're still
1: my only follower on, <laughs> on <laughs> you, twitter. Mean, you mean x that's why it's x now yeah, yeah, exactly. he, he responded to your x <laughs> yeah
0: it's called X now, you know. Um, Gabe saying, the gang is back together again. Does this mean Mucky really was first put an Australian Survivor? Mucky, anything you need to confess? Uh,
2: n- n- no comment. Uh, I-, I feel like, um, yeah, no comment. Let's move on. Um. <laughs> okay, <laughs> no, no. silence 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 is an
0: answer as well um and Gabe saying not again Mucky to be kicked out and then uh is saying obviously Stevie will be in obviously. Mucky's top five players of all time the mastermind that have never ever gotten to emerge so far but before we get into the top five here <laughs> serious question serious question Kona um have you ever done a top five before like how did you go about Deciding who your top five is going to be, like what
1: elements do you look for in a top five player? It, it, it's tough. I, I don't think for me it was it was hard because in my head there's always been. Oops, we do there for a second. I don't know if
0: you've muted yourself.
1: Maybe no. Am I am I still muted? Yeah, no, I can hear you now. Yeah. yeah. Um, for me, it's always been, especially after the most recent season, George like I don't want to get into names and stuff, but for me, there's always been a top three. And then outside of that, there's a gap. There's a big drop off to fourth. And then fifth for me, like I did come up with four solid choices, three that are locks. The fourth I think deserves to be in fourth for me personally. And then the fifth I think could be any one of a number of people Um, I think the three at the top is a clear separation for me, and which is why I found it hard to fit in that fifth person because who would be that fifth? What I'm looking for is the game they played, the type of game they play, is it successful? I also do a thing where, like, in my head, I like to imagine if the game was played a 100 times, a 1,000 times, 10,000 times, if you could simulate it over and over again, how successful would their run be out of that many simulations? Like... Even though this if we're gonna start controversial, if we can get people offside early, Chris. Um, no claim. Sandra Diaz, considered, you know, the queen of Survivor and stuff. I was never a fan of her game. And in my yes. head, I kept thinking if she if we did this game one hundred times, those are the two only times she would win it. Like the game that she played, I thought she won it and she won it fair and square. And the first person to do it, great. But the type of player that she was and the type of game that she played, in my head, she maxed out, if not went over the odds. So to me, she mm-hmm. she performed better than she is a player. And sometimes we see p- people that are better players than their track record or their results would suggest as well. So that's always an interesting thing I think for me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I've got a lot of thoughts on Sandra Diaz-Twine. Like when she won the first two times, I was very low on her winning games. Um, we've got a, a, a crossover of YouTubers that are doing survival winner rankings and myself and Jake from the Nellify Take channel will also be on two of the lives uh, or one of the lives will probably be on the same one together i would assume uh but we've all had to submit our winner Mm. rankings so more on that to follow in the near future in regards to where i would rank uh the the winning games of sandra but for me one of the things i think that's really important when we look at a top five rankings is not to penalize people for games that have not been played yet that's just my personal way i'm looking at it i normally like to think about like if the game was played 100 times who would win it the most but um, i've also seen some arguments being made for uh, certain players and maybe we'll talk about that when the top five comes out because i do have someone in my top five that i saw a fan of the show say if that person played more often they would not go as deep as they did. And the reason that they went that deep was because of the two games they've played. So that person is taking stabs at it. in my opinion, a top five player, I think both of you will have that person in your top five. I could be wrong. So maybe we'll go into that, but I don't think it's fair to penalize people for games they haven't played yet. In my mind, this is purely based on the games they've played, based on the track record that we have of them, whether they rank. And that's how I did it. But I didn't ask you guys and I didn't put a criteria around how you should do your top five players at all. For me, Maki, a top five player could be different from a top five winner or a great winner. Like for me, a winning game and a top five player is two separate things. Do you see it that way as well? Or do you think that, you know, you're either a great winner and a player and
2: and or you're just not a great winner or a player? Like, does that make sense? Oh, no, it makes perfect sense. And similar to Kahuna, how I like to look at things is if this player Played like a hundred times or a thousand times, how often would they do well? Because you know, um, Kahuna, you've talked about Sandra kind of being a bit of a mid sort of winner, or like you know, like she maxed out on times that she won. But for me, what made me be more of a fan of Sandra is how she played after the two times she's won, how she's dealt with her threat management, how deep she's made it on all of her seasons where she should have been the first one out, but she manages to dodge and weave her way through which that maybe like give her so much more respect for being the first two-time winner than your actual two first like w- winning games but yeah overall i like to think um if a player was a 100 times how often would they do well but also like entertainment wise as well like because obviously you have some players who just who will always just coast right they'll always just coast their way to the end and maybe they make one move at the end and win or so won't make any moves in the end and they'll still win for example so i like to think of would i also want to watch this player a hundred times as well now it's not necessarily mm-hmm. meaning that they're always entertainment and they only do things for the entertainment but who is someone fun to watch who will also do really well those are sort of my personal criterias for the cheeky yeah. little rankings we've gotten stored for everyone else for us tonight you know i'm pumped yeah
0: i'm yeah. excited and we're ge- I, I promise we're not going to hold off from getting into it because you know there is a bit to talk through um i do want to ask the question though uh Kahuna, how many people do you think we're going to agree on out of our top five so if you had to take a stab in the dark <clears throat> do you think we'll have an overlap and how many people do you think will overlap
1: i think mucky's a wild card you never like <laughs> as far as overlap go like who knows it's so unpredictable like i definitely don't have drug rogue on all five of my spots like mucky will um I, I, think, I had a long think, chat
0: with Mucky. I had a long chat with Mucky yeah. beforehand, and I said to him, please don't sabotage the top five, like <laughs> do a proper top five. So I, I've got faith that he's gonna have a good top five for us. So bearing that in mind, how many people do you think will will overlap?
1: Well, I said that for me, I think there's a clear cut top three, and then the rest are kind of fillers, and I think those three we should at least agree on. I hope, anyway. Yeah. I Mucky over or under, maybe even four out of five.
0: Maki, over uh, or under? I think under. Under, okay. Yeah, well, of I, course I, you I, would say that. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to I see, see, see how this is going to turn out because I'm excited. I actually kind of believe that there, you're right, Kuna. I think there is a clear-cut three people. Like, if those three people are not in our top fives, I kind of would question, like, how we came up with our top fives. But we'll, we'll get into that pretty soon. The other question that I had for our community was... Uh, I said to, I, I did a, a bit of a, a draw, or I would say a poll this week. And I said, how many Australian winners would make your personal top five players? There was 105 votes. 42% said two winners would make the top five. Uh, 31% said one winner would make it. And then the rest, they were pretty low on, like three or more was at 11% and none was at 15%. So uh, quite interesting, uh, uh, bearing that in mind, I wonder how many winners we've got here tonight in our top five. And we'll find out very soon. We're going to start off, uh, Mucky, with you, the wild child.
2: We're
0: going to start off with you. We're going to rip the Band-Aid off. Let us know who is the first player that you're going to nominate as a top five player and why.
2: So I was starting with fifth place, with first place?
0: I think for how I'm personally going to do it is I'm going to go to the more obvious ones personally first. And I would say start off with who's who's your overall number one. Let's do the obvious ones because I think I think I think that if you go down to the bottom, you know maybe that's where we'll have differences. So let's start off with who's your who's your number one? Who's the goat of Australian Survivor in your mind?
2: Well, I was actually hoping to say this till the end, but there's only one true number one, especially here in the podcast with the nullified Take it is your mad dog, sneaky Steve, baby. Hey, that's your boy Sneaky, 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 Sneaky Steve. Steve, all, all time, time, every day, Sneaky, Sneaky, Sneaky Steve. Steve. Where's Steve? Who's Steve? What's Steve? Sneaky Steve! Steve. Sneaky
1: Sneaky Steve. Steve. So that, yes, that that chat you had, that's, Chris, about taking us uh, right,
2: ladies and gentlemen? There's Sneaky no hope. Steve has made his way <laughs> to the nullify take top five players of all time. Now I was waiting to save this to the very end, but now nah, you know. Oh. Let's just get it right out of the bat. So. Here's the thing about Sneaky Steve, all right? You know, you look at his two seasons, right? He was pre-merge both times. He was sort of undermined with the strategy He was, he was what? Well.
1: What place did he come in? Sorry,
2: <laughs> he was oh, pre-merge.
1: Oh, right? yeah, pre-merge. Yeah, both times.
2: Both times. Both. Okay, but, but let's really have a look at it, right? So, <laughs> and and the first time he played, champions versus contenders, right? He started off right down at the very bottom. Right, Everyone was going to go after him, but then someone else put up his own game and he was able to stay. But in those very crucial few early days, he was able to forge an alliance with some really key players, Benji and Robbie. Um, Heath has said in an interview that if there's one player that he wished he didn't vote out, it was actually Stevie. Because Stevie's such a loyal, but also a bit of a cunning ally as well. And we saw him in Heroes versus Villains as well, how Stevie's able to adapt to different alliances. So at first he was with you know the Simon, the Geordies, and Michaels, but then obviously I mean, you can always argue that he got saved by George. And that's why you he could, started argue that. you you could argue that. Yeah, argue that, you really like you really could argue that. But I feel like he strategic <laughs> <laughs> he strategically made his way, you know, with George and stuff. He lucked out of the swap. He was the swing vote at a really crucial time. But we look at his vote out specifically, right? And the Heroes vs. Villains, because for Champions vs. Contenders, it was mostly about keeping the tribe strong, right? But for Heroes vs. Villains, he was put in an impossible situation where George either had to burn his relationship with Liz and Shawnee, or he had to burn his relationship with Matt, which he did make the right call on Matt, because Matt did, you know, work with George pretty much to the very end until, you know, he voted George out. But I think if Stevie makes it through that round because Liz and Shani actually listen to George and take out Flick, Stevie's making it to the very end. And with the type of person that Stevie is, like just his personality, you know, he's a bit of a kooky character. He's a bit chaotic. He's also got like a really good story as well behind him. You know, he's just someone so unexpected. He's naturally so funny. Like I've personally had chats with him. He always cracks me up. So I think, like, like you know, you spoke earlier about Sandra with her maxing out on her two times playing. I feel I like Stevie has, has just been put in two really bad spots, which I feel like if he was to play again, he's, like, more likely to actually make it to the merge. Does that kind of make sense?
1: No. <laughs> <laughs> you lost me right from the start on this one, man. Um, he, the- if he makes it to the merge or makes it far in the game, it's because he's a GOAT. And no one respected his game in that in that so in in the last series of villains, no one respected his game at all. He was just dragged along, pushed wherever, tried to use as a pawn. He didn't have any sway or influence or anything on the game as a whole.
0: Yeah, listen, I think that Stevie's best chance to get to emerge would have been the season that just passed because they were playing with a lot of people there that just they were they were looking for leaders they were looking for returning players to gravitate to to go deep into the game and that's why a lot of the returning players who did do well like your Georges and your shawnees and those players they ended up you know jumping on the backs of these new players that took them to the end game so i think that stevie you know we all know not a true top five player but you know bless your soul mucky you try it you try it and i I will give you i will give you 10 out of 10 for the enthusiasm (laughs) in your pitch but uh let's let's bring some sanity to this thing kuna let's bring some sanity (laughs) right give us give us because because you know mucky said that's his number one player of all time in his top five i don't know where we go from here uh kahuna who do you have who do you have in the top five
1: um and (laughs) i don't think i I don't even know
0: if i don't even know if we should go according to number one two three or four or five but just these are top five players they're in their own league um but bring some sanity to this like give us a nomination that we can work
1: off and actually take seriously (laughs) because mucky (laughs) so i'll go for who i assume is a lock that i mean like i said mucky who the hell knows but chris i'm assuming you definitely have this person on there my first pick for top five, whether we're ranking number one overall, but at least a lock for sure would be Haley. Um, I think Haley is. I, I like to look at people, and and we've discussed this, Chris. with challenge challenged people and stuff before as well. Where if you think of them as video game characters, where their different metrics are like you have you have a certain amount of points to play out. I think Haley is high across all of the points. She's incredibly. Um, Social, keen strategic mind, a challenge beast, maybe one of the best challenge beasts ever, especially for a female player. Um, completely adaptable, plays from different positions, can change the way she approaches the game. I think maybe one knock on Haley would be that she doesn't necessarily play a controlling game or a dominating game. She's had to so far, at least with the games presented to her and where you play the hand that you dealt is playing from the bottom. Sometimes playing from the mid position and really being that that adaptable, flexible player. Um, when I mentioned before about running multiple simulations, if we don't, if we're not punishing people for games, they haven't played for me, Haley would be one that would be would have a plural, plural, plurality. I got it out. Would would have more wins than maybe other players, considering her overall like game makeup. I think she's a, a incredibly well rounded player, maxed out in a lot of her stats, and can adapt to any situation.
0: Yeah, listen, um, we we're gonna go two from two here. I've got Haley in my top five as well, and I'm one of the selfish reasons I'm happy to do a top five is because I've always bagged Haley's win because I look at her win as something that stands on its own. You know, you get back in the game, you win the game. That's not the survivor I love, but I understand that that is Australian survivor. So I always mark her down as a winner where a lot of people were willing after her win to say that she was the best to ever play. And I just didn't see it that way due to the fact that she was voted out by someone else in the game that sniffed out she was coming for them uh, and, you know, ended up uh, going going home. And she was lucky to go out on a vote where she had the opportunity to get back into the game. But when I look at her as a player separate from her winning game, uh, we had that comment made earlier, I believe, by Odette, uh, where he said that, you know, Haley is similar to Sandra, basically, where Sandra potentially is a better player than a winner. And I think Haley. In my opinion, is exactly the same. She's a better player than her winning game, would suggest. Now, in a lot of ways, you know, you could look at her coming back in the season that she came back in Brains versus uh sorry, Brains versus Braun, Harris versus Villains. You could say, well, she didn't do her legacy any justice because she didn't have as dominant a performance. But I would argue that she came back with the biggest target on her back even bigger than George that season. She was in a a tribe where people didn't want to play. So she showed adaptability where in her first season, she was the person who was setting the pace at all times strategically and pushing the moves. She realized that she had to adapt to the people that were around her and that that hero's tribe didn't have the same types of characters there that she could. And and they weren't going to let her get away with it because they were so hyper-focused on her. So I feel like she adapted extremely well. Like you kind of said here, she's got the social skills. She's got the strategic um, presence of mind to be able to make big moves. She was the only one I thought that could go toe-to-toe with George that season. She just didn't have the soldiers to do it. She badly didn't want to play the game with him. She just didn't, she was looking around and there was no one that she could take with her. And physically we all know what she's capable of when it comes to the endurance side of things. So a hundred percent, you know, Haley is a top five player in my mind. And when I spoke about the fact that someone gave a very hot take when I did the the vote here for how many winners we're going to make it um, not to call this person out because everybody's entitled to their opinion uh, that's what I love about Survivor is that we all have our own opinions but Lyons Lagarde said I voted zero the two closest for them would have been David and Haley, but um, they said that Hayley uh, overall didn't think that Haley is a top five player and I sort of asked interesting take uh, appreciated why not Haley? and uh, they came back and said I think she was highly benefited by being in a rather weak field of players in her winning season just like Kim uh s of australian survivor being a top five player of all time is insanely high standard she's absolutely amazing but i do not think a top five ever mucky do you agree with that do you have Haley in your top five or
2: did you not include her at all well you know one thing similar to Haley's sneaky steve is that they've both been voted out twice you you know what i mean so um <laughs> <laughs> no yeah, but, but um Haley's
0: I... made the merge twice okay <laughs> i feel like
2: we be going off topic here chris but <laughs> <laughs> now i i personally don't have Haley in my top five and it's similar to what that person had commented which is i feel like um in Brands versus brawn like strategically it was a very weak cast i feel like it was really just her and george literally just running circles around everyone throughout that entire season. I feel like she needed George to stay in the game in order for her to thrive and do well, similar to how George needed her to stay in the game and thrive and do very well. But I guess similar to you, Chris, even though I'm a fan of non-eliminations, like that is a hot take that I do personally have, I do see how like her getting voted out does sort of impact people's viewership of her winning but how I sort of see it is that after she got voted out, she took a m- massive backseat and she let George really carry and drive the strategy pretty much up until the end game. i would say Final Four is when Hayley really stepped in with strategy to create the famous two one one, And then obviously she was able to decide who to go to the end with her, George or Flick. But it's been confirmed by like the jury and stuff as well that no one was ever going to vote for George. In that scenario. So Haley was gonna win against George or, or even Kara as well. I feel like she definitely would have won over Kara as well. So I felt from the game that she played getting to the end, um, after she got fired out, it was very like laid back, very chill. like I mean, I guess long story short, um I agree with you, she is a great player but not necessarily a great winner. That is just how I see things. So that's personally why I didn't yeah. put it.
1: In my top
0: well, you, you're outvoted with two out of three of us having Haley. She makes the
1: official <laughs> list of top five players. you not have but- her even in the top five, I think that speaks to your credibility or lack thereof yeah, listen
0: it might just be it might just be by the end of this it might just be Chris and Kahuna's top 5 list because maybe we're going to see eye to eye on a lot more of the votes compared to Maki because I don't know where he's going next but I will say that there are a few people here um, that have thrown different points out there Tom McPherson is saying Haley would have been voted out pre by Nina last season been saved twice um, uh, Gabe is on our side Kahuna saying that I would say look at heroes versus villains Hayley held her own against uh good players obviously there was a lot of good returnee players and um then obviously we've also had a mention of shan will shan make the list for someone here well we'll, you'll have to wait and see Mm -hmm. you'll have to wait and see if she does end up getting in there i will say one thing i had a look at um survivor fact checker on youtube because it's a it's a really really good one to keep an eye on and I can say that, according to Survivor Fact Checker, has played the second most days of all time. She's sitting at 100 days. Uh, so let me just see if I can bring that up so we actually get that on our screen. And it'll be interesting to see how many people from this list. And if you haven't followed Survivor Fact Checker, um, shout out to Survivor Fact Checker. Go and follow them on Instagram. This is the list of players who've played the most days on Australian Survivor. Shawnee is at first at 124. She has played three times. sean has got 100. George at 94. Luke Toki at 93. Brooke at 92. Lee at 88. Haley at 87. David at 84. Sam at 82. And then Harry at 81. That's the list there. So it'll be interesting to see how many people from that list does make its way <clears throat> into our top five. But I digress. I'm going to be the next person here to bring someone up and my first nomination is going to be one that i think is an obvious one as well i i would hope that this person does make the list at least of kahuna <laughs> i'm looking at you kahuna, as an ally on this one but i'm going to bring in the golden god himself david ganat you know um, when we talk about the goats of the game a lot of people see him as the best to ever play the game um, I, I've never really had that ranking in my mind of who's number one, two, or three, but I, I like to say that definitely David is in my top five. Now, obviously, he played two seasons. The first season he came out there, played a very bombastic game, had the charm, wanted to do all these moves. We still haven't seen the type of moves that he's brought into the game, Um, I think, since he's left in regards to taking a a fake idol and planting it and giving it to Sean and the other side so that he can obtain a real idol. You know, the the sheer brilliance of that and the, you know, the lack of any care in regards to getting found out uh, was amazing. And obviously him being on that swap tribe where he was at the minority when all of the contenders came over surviving from a very very dire situation surviving very early from being outside of the champions alliance because he wasn't really seen as a key champion even it was all the sports stars that were gravitating together uh i I just think when it comes to his strategic ability when it comes to his social ability and also his physical ability he really is the male version of hayley but i would say strategically he is even ahead of her because he has gotten himself out of some really sticky situations in the two seasons he's played. Plus, a lot of people would say that All Stars, you know, he went up against some of the best to play the game and beat a fully stacked All Stars cast, which wasn't the same like heroes versus villains where we had a half cast come back. It was a full cast of proven players that have played this game before, and he head and shoulders stood above them. And it wasn't even close. So the way he adapted from his first season to his second season, I I was so impressed by that.
1: Uh, Kahuna, do you have David in your top five players? I do. David is an absolute lock. Considered, yeah, like you said, one of the best players ever, regardless of franchise globally. Some people would put him in that top five around the world, not just Australian survivors. I think the golden god is like a perfect descriptor. I love that he can do the play the the smiling social game while causing havoc in the background and, and everything like just being so sneaky. And you would hear like sometimes people would say like David thought he was so, um, I, I can't remember wh- who I heard this interview with, but someone was saying, it might have been like Nikolai Danza or something, I don't know, but someone's saying that, that, that David like his um, confessionals where he's going maniacal and laughing and and, and playing up the the character and there were times that you could actually hear him giving his <laughs> confessions on the island. So, like some people say, he wasn't fooling people because they knew what he was doing to the camera off to the side. Um, but obviously, it fooled a lot of people because he he his success is immense. Like you said, um, if we if you stack up winners against their season, someone said Haley's um, game is brought down because they feel like the competition level wasn't as high. On her season, um, David's got the best resume as far as competition goes. Winning an all star season, like you said, there was no, it was all returnees, all strong players, all considered all stars, or what we had of all stars in the fourth and, season. And let's it just talk about. Yeah.
0: Let's just talk about a couple of the bombastic moves that he made in All-Stars because I mentioned a few from the the Champions versus Contenders season, but he comes back in All-Stars, he gets revenge on the person who turned her back against them in For Daisy time. by working with um you know the opposite with Matt Rogers from the opposite alliance and they come up with this again just outrageous plan to bluff you know an idol play or potentially him getting voted out you know so he steals an idol in the process you know or you know gets it flushed out of the game because he knows where the idol is he's got all the information And at the same time, he gets revenge on Daisy because the vote does end up going against her and he gets her voted out and then goes one step further and stealing Phoebe's idol. You know, if you're a Phoebe fan, you wouldn't have liked that. But, you know, brilliant move by getting the information of where the idol is, finding it and then getting Phoebe voted out while he's the first person in the history of the show to have two idols. So, I mean, the guy has had so many big moments and I feel like sometimes fans can have short term memory because we've had other players come since then that have now been... You know, by some fans, they're saying that, that those players are the best to ever play, and we'll maybe talk about one of those players. Definitely up for consideration for top five. But in my mind, you know, like I said, I've never really had a number one, but I would say David Gannat would probably have to be the GOAT of Australian Survivor. And I don't see him being displaced anytime soon. Mucky, tell me, tell me, at least we can agree on this one.
2: Yes, yes, we can. He is definitely. <laughs> He is in my top five. He is in my top five. I think David is one of the best winners globally, hands down. I think the stuff he because let's not forget, he didn't have time to pre-game or form strong friendships with really anyone else before going out there, right? All he had was his reputation. Everyone saw Hmm. what he was able to do in some of the big moves he made in Champions vs. Contenders. And he was still in the majority. For the entire throughout the season, and I think just what he's able to do with the idols as well. Like he accurately read that, um, like at the tribal where they almost drew rocks, but then everyone wussed out. Like he accurately read that by playing an idol on on Tarzan just to like lower their chances. Like, you get know what I mean. So then it will just be Shan drawing rocks, right? So therefore, it's putting Shan at like a really difficult position but I, I feel like i mean maybe i need to re-watch those episodes i'm not sure but i feel like those kind of intentional as well to kind of like force Sean in a position where it's like she's going to have to let down the minority or end up betraying someone just to like try to harm her relationships with the jury or something i'm not sure maybe there's intentional maybe there's not i don't know but yeah i feel like david he really is one of the best players like in the global history.
0: Yeah, and and Gabe brings up a very valid point here in saying that David got a zombie alliance like Boston Rob. He had players loyal to a fold on his side. And one of the things I want to bring up is that David actually pivoted mid game because. His alliance, the one that he started with, with the the Lockie and um, Brooks of this world and that, he realized that that was a tougher road to the end. So he had the opportunity to go back to that alliance when they got to the merge, but he chose the easier route. He chose the zombie alliance because he knew having Moana and Tarzan and that in his group going towards the end game, that was an easier win for him. So again, he read that situation extremely well. Um, Jonathan here says, so the person who got him out has also got to make or has to make the top five. Well, maybe that person does make the top five. You'll have to to wait and see if one of us nominates that person but i know you're a big fan jonathan because i saw the comment that you had i think it was on the vote um and that you said that you are a big supporter of that person so let's see if that happens um odette's saying david is number one for him uh danica welcome to the live is saying i thought this was friday my friday morning i have to go into work this morning i'll have to tune back in during the replay please do and let us know your thoughts in the comments section below Uh, When you do get an opportunity to listen to this, we'd love to know what your thoughts are on our top five here. Gabe is saying, David, to me, is the best winner of Australian Survivor. The best winners can make an entire season predictable, boring. Look at Kim and Boston, Rob. And I would also add to that Rob Bentele from Survivor South Africa. Same thing. You know, when you're that dominant and you're running an alliance, sometimes, you know, it can be boring to watch, but it, it is impressive still in hindsight when you look at that um Grunty is saying if you were on the island which one of these three players would you most fear tony vlacos boston rob or david gnat that's a bloody good question actually um they're all very intimate i feel like boston rob for me uh has shown that he can't adapt to the new age of the game. Like he's still playing the same game over and over. So I wouldn't be as like, and it's not like I would underestimate him because they're all three legend, legendary players. But I feel like Boston Rob has shown in winners of war, he can't adapt his game to the new age um, and that he is loyal to a fault with Tony and David. I feel like there is an unpredictable element to those two. So those would be the two players I would fear the most because both of them have shown that they can change their game. Probably David yeah. because I feel like Tony would be on everybody's radar, um, yeah, even more we so than it, David. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. but, but it's a good question. I like it. thing, as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? We agree. <laughs> All three of us. <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, Bucky, it's time to disagree on something. I guess uh, we're going to come back over to you. Uh, to me. Who are you, <laughs> who are you going to nominate like after me. your your shocking first nomination of Stevie Cow? As your uh, number one goat of all time, uh, who do you have on your list? Because you disagreed with us on Haley, but Haley did mm-hmm. make the top list because both myself and Kahuna um, voted for her, and then David Gennad, All three of us agreed on. So, who uh, are you nominating into your top five?
2: Well, all I gotta say is that I do have an idol in, uh, in the container next to me. So, can I like block your guys' votes on Stevie? So then he definitely does make it. All right, hold no. on. Just give me. Just give me a hot second. <laughs>
0: All right, let's move on with this top five takes without.
2: <laughs> I see he's got it on there. No, nah, it's right guy. here, baby. It's, it's Tony's one. Yeah, you know, right. just talking Very about cool. Mad Dog Tony. So your guys' votes on Stevie do not bloody count. He's in the top five. Deal with it. <laughs> no, nah, but this one, Gabe. Gabe, you don't even you don't even have to ask. You don't
0: even have to ask. <laughs> I'd be afraid he'd blow my game up. That's what I'd be afraid of. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh but um but this one i definitely feel like you guys will not have in your top five but i'm really yeah, your <laughs> it would be rogue but i've been specifically taught by chris i cannot put rogue on <laughs> yeah he's he's, on he's
0: he's off we're voting him off the panel for the next Australian <laughs> movie nominates he's not and, and even that idol is not going to save him we're replacing him with someone else we'll get one of the live audience to jump on with us oh <laughs> uh, but um, it's um, Mad Dog Henry. The Zen Hen. All right, tell us, why do you see Zen Hen as one of your top five players of all time?
2: All right, so I feel like in Season 2, he played almost near a perfect game, right? He had on control of Asanga. Obviously, when he left with the idol, things to kind of turn sideways. But he was able to adapt to make a new, really powerful alliance at Summertow, which did eventually take over, him and Lockie and Ziggy were pretty much controlling that whole tribe for the rest of the pre-merge. And then while they were at merge, he was able to adapt, go back to the older sungas which he was still running things. He led the Jared vote. He led the Annalise vote. You know, he, him, Luke, and Jericho stole the jam and everyone just blamed Annalise. And he, you know, he led that hard against Annalise, voted her out. But just, like, the way he got voted on season two as well, like, very specific things needed to happen. You know, it was raining. They were in the shelter. Everyone was huddled together. It was only just one quick word from Luke to Jericho and Sarah, and that's how they are able to flip. Otherwise, like, he would not have been voted out. And I feel like if he doesn't get voted out then, he makes it to the end because he's a challenged beast. He's got an idol. I feel like if you see votes coming up for him but doesn't get eliminated, he's more like aware and potentially flip flops around. And in all stars, you can definitely make a case for like, oh, he flopped because he was up pre merge. But I just think, sorry, there's like police sirens outside for him. Yeah, they're coming to, to get there. you because you're, <laughs> yeah. you're, you're, you're hey. committing,
0: you committed a criminal offense putting Stevie <laughs> on your top five. So th-
2: th- th- they're not going to have it. <laughs> but um how I look at his all-stars game is that I think he was screwed from the start. I think um he is a very similar player to David almost, but the biggest difference between Henry and David is that David had players who were wanting to play with him. Whereas I feel like with Henry, he was stuck on a tribe where the strategic players were um the strategic players were after him. The Harrys, the Knicks, the Shonies, they weren't really that keen on working with him. And so it's either working with them or working with the boring athlete alone. So Henry, he's a big fan of the game. He wants to make big yep. moves. You can't make big moves when you're playing with like bricks. Yeah, I, I feel like
0: I feel like there's a reason that you nominated him, and I feel like. Your ideal is to get out there and play like the Zenhen. You see a little bit of yourself in him and the way that you would like to approach the game. And Gabe sort of brings it up here. He says Zenhen is his own worst enemy. Enjoys just doing crazy moves, just co- just cause no reasoning. Zenhen uh, most season high risk, high reward player. So you know, I feel like if we look at Zenhen as a player to come back a hundred times, like Kahuna said, his strike rate is going to be low. Now, will he be entertaining every single time he comes back and plays? 100%. I want Zenhin to be back on third chances or whatever next All-Star season they come up with because I did feel robbed with seeing him go as early as he did in All-Stars. But I just haven't seen from him enough Uh, to sort of feel comfortable that there is a certain element of composure like you brought up David Gennad as a player that you know he could be like a David Gennad David Gennad has got that crazy side but everything that he does is calculated and the reason that he caught was caught the first time was because he was caught by two phenomenal (laughs) players that he went up against that season one that may still make this list who knows uh Jonathan but you know I think that Zenhen just doesn't have that composure about him. And uh, again, like Gabe said here, he makes big moves sometimes for the sake of making big moves. Like when he was in control of his Alliance in his first season and he volunteered to mutiny or go over to the other tribe or go for a swap, no one volunteers to go for a swap. And his, his mind was like, Oh, I'll go over there and I'll dominate that side as well. And have two alliances getting to the merge. And, he's lucky he got to the merge, to be honest, that season, you know? So I, uh, he he went there and things didn't go his way. He wasn't at the top.
2: I think it's one of those things where it's like, if it works out, he's the greatest player of all time. But if it doesn't work out, which like, like what happened is like, oh, you're an idiot. You're an idiot and stuff. But I feel like when you look at where he was, like, you know, every single time Luke tried to go against Henry pre-merge, it failed, right? You know, I, I'm a big Luke fan. I definitely am. But... When Luke tried to flip the vote onto Kent instead of Joan, Joan still went home. When he tried to save Mark, Mark still went home. Henry had such a great you know, grip on in the game there. And even when he so You're making my under- case.
0: So you're making and- my case. He was but- in a perfect position. And then when he left his ally and Jackie went home because of a direct move that he made, which weakened his position in the game. You say that there weren't players that wanted to play with him. There were. He left those allies behind. He didn't even give them a heads up that he would be doing something as crazy as he did. So he actively weakened his position in the game.
2: I, I was meaning All-Stars, like, in terms of players that didn't uh-huh. want to play with them. But But I feel like, you know, in Season 2, like, they've had so much, like, room to move and all that sort of stuff. And All-Star specifically, I feel like there was no chance... He gets close to the merge. Like, I think if you even swap Henry with David, David has a very similar fate as well, where I feel like David goes pre-merge of this original Makuta. It's just that thing of, you know, um, David had more players. He had more active players, like players like Lockie, like AK, Brooke, Flick, Phoebe, et cetera. They're game players. Matt Rogers, he's a game player. Whereas Henry had Lee, John, Abby, Lydia, Zach, and that that was the majority of the tribe, and the players who mm. were strategists were gunning after him. So, all yeah. right, um, Kahuna,
0: Kahuna, your thoughts on Henry? You've <clears> been very quiet. Do, does he feature in your top five? He does not feature in my top five. He does
1: not. He did not even enter consideration. Yeah, um, I have. I have positive vibes. Positive feelings towards me. as Henry. a player. I know he's, he's not a top yeah, five no i know he's a good player but i also have this thing where like like maki you're 21 i'm 43 and i have many years of like shoved memories taking up the very limited resource of my brain and knowing the intricacies of what moves he took which solidify him in your top five um i i don't have that recall anymore i've just got too many seasons of craft just taking up space in my head. Too much both who was the, the, Yeah, who was the number one draft pick in the NBA in 1995? Like, I can name that, but I can't name what Henry he's did. He's lying. So Everybody I, that's listening, he's lying. It's all Bachelor. It's Love Island. It's <laughs> all that stuff. That, all, the, all the things that's rotting his brain. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff that rots my brain. And trust me. <laughs> Three of those things are sleeping very soundly right now that rot my brain and remembering all that sort of stuff. But why I say that is because Unfortunately, for someone of my vintage and um, lacking memory resources, sometimes I go, especially the older seasons. I, I do suffer from recency bias a lot of the times, and when I it feel comes like, to some of the.
0: Okay, sorry, sorry to interrupt. I feel like yeah. Mucky has has completely gotten the assignment wrong. One of the one of the questions I asked her on the channel was what next topic should we pick up on the nullified take channel and the the topic that got overwhelmingly the most votes about 50 percent of the votes and there was four options was that we should do a most underrated player um list top five most underrated players and i feel like maybe Some of these players that Mucky's bringing up will come into question (laughs) when we start talking about underrated players. But we're talking about the best. Like, it doesn't matter if your memory, Kahuna, isn't 100% there. I I hear you. I'm I'm similar to you. I'm I'm not quite your age, but I'm also a bit older. I've also got a lot more things going on in my head. But, you know, he doesn't feature for me very close to the top five. Like, I don't think he's a top 10 player. So um, even though you don't remember it, I, and again, Mucky, it's just not the let's bag on Maki thing here. I'm sure you're going to have your moment in the sun when we start talking about the most underrated players, and you're probably going to have the best and the hottest takes when it comes to that. But I, I don't know about top five here. Um, <laughs> and this
1: one. Yeah. He doesn't break through the the memory fog for me at all. Like there are certain players like from certain seasons, especially when you talk about like the US survival where there's 45, 44 seasons. You go, oh, what happened on season 16? You're like, I don't remember anything except that this one person won or that this person was a big character or this person had big moments. And the thing that sticks out the most for Henry to me is that he did that one thing on Survivor, which is like a massive pet peeve of mine, is why do they bullshit about their profession? Like, oh, I'm not going to tell people. Like, the, <laughs> like doing the, the freaking yoga instructor thing is so cringe. And lame, yeah. and he did a lot of good things. I do have very positive memories of him. But when that's hey, your first impression, oh, mm-hmm. for me, I'm like, go away, dude. Don't do the fake yoga thing like that. Shut up. Just say you're in construction or a carpenter or whatever, and, and play the game. Don't do yeah. yoga instructor. Like I hate that. Um, yeah. Uh, go for it.
2: I do just want to say, you know, as much as you guys love to bag on me, you know, one day, <laughs> one day you'll feel sorry for it. But um. <laughs> I'd say right from the start how yeah. i personally see it right is um i think if henry plays 100 times he makes merge majority of those times because i feel like there's one, bar. there's one time in all stars there's one time in all stars he was literally just stuck in an impossible situation but i feel like majority like 98 97 of the times he finds players he can play with he goes big and does he necessarily win you know 100 out of those 100 no like Probably probably not 100 out of 100, but I feel so like how he does he be win. A top
0: five, how could he be a top five best player in the franchise's history if you don't think that he is going to win the majority of the times? Like Because we're looking at players here, Hayley and David, being on that list right now. If they played 100 times, I would put money on it that they would win a high percentage of those games. Um, yeah. So how can you compare him against well, players like David and, and Hayley?
2: Well, I personally don't think David wins a lot of the times either. But I do think David and Haley as well does go really far every time they play. And that's why I think of uh, Stevie, that's why I think of Henry as well. I feel like they both go very far, the majority <laughs> of the times. Stevie hasn't, in both times he's played. Yeah, well, you see, it's not about the games that they've played, you know. <laughs> like, not, there hasn't been a single so, player that's played a hundred times. Uh, you know? So do it's you like think, you gotta, you when I said before, the
1: when I said before Sandra probably maximized like if she can win twice out of a hundred we saw those two times they're her two possible best games come out to win both times. do you think Stevie then being a much better player than his results would dictate these are potentially his worst performances if you were to simulate it multiple times a hundred times he's he's played the worst he probably possibly would yes okay. You I see this is the thing
0: Jonathan soon. Jonathan this is the thing that for me the the great players of this game do they adapt their game they get better every time they come back they become a better player and even though Sandra hasn't won since the two games that you know Kahuna has said the only two games she would have won she's become a better and better player every single time she's come back even though yeah. she hasn't won yeah. the results haven't shown but that's the that's the makings of a, a legend that's why I do give Sandra now I give her her flowers. She is the queen. She does deserve all the respect because I can see that she has got it in her. David is another example. We saw him go from his first season and get better. We did not see that with Henry. We didn't see him get better. We saw him go backwards. But again, I don't want to make this about Henry the whole time here. I do respect that we all have different opinions, but I want to come back to Kahuna. Kahuna, you've got to bring it home for us here with this next one. Who do you have as the next Nomination for a top five player,
1: I think. Um, uh, again, I, I think we'll be on the same page, Chris. Never know with Mucky. but I have to put an unlock for me instantly has to be King George. Um, arguably the best mind for the game that we've may, may have ever seen, just so clever, stro- so strategic. He sees all the angles, he makes good reads, he's resourceful. Um, I think he's. That run he had on Heroes versus Villains as far as individual performances at a tribal council goes, the way he's just like got the entire television production and the audience, us, watching just on strings, just like manipulating us the whole way and and enjoying the ride. I think when I talk about how I look at a, a player where their stats are and stuff, strategic he's maxed out entertainment wise and what he brings to a television production maxed out i think where his weakness would be is physicality and, and challenges and things like that and that's his biggest knock is because unfortunately for george there are times where um like we've seen with Haley, we've seen with david we've seen with other winners where you've got the strategy you've got the social but when that fails, there's sometimes needing to get that win, or getting even before merge and getting your team a win so you don't go into tribal. Avoiding that risk is part of playing the game, right? And he he can't add that element to his game. He can't save himself by winning an in individual immunity. He can't get his team to avoid um, elimination like tribal councils by helping his team or contributing to the win as much as he as other players that I consider great. But strategically, mind-wise, brain power, all that he brings to the game that way, I think he's one of the best ever we've seen strategically. He just, I don't think he can win a jury because of that threat. People know how amazing he is, and I think that his own reputation and his own skill set potentially works against him, and he doesn't have the physical side to back it up.
0: All right. Before I say if he's in my top five, Mucky, we're going to go over to you. What do you think of George? Is he in your top five? Have you finally agreed on a player here in the top five? Or I have does he not even. Yeah, David. Ones, David. Yeah, David. That's right.
2: <laughs> Don't try to bring unnecessary, you know, hate towards <laughs> me, <laughs> Mister Chris. Um, and this is going to blow people's marbles, but no, he's not in my top five. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. Because you've got Stevie and fucking Henry there. <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, no. I've, I've got genuine reasons for this. Okay, well, I mean, all my right, reasons... Let right, let us know. But this is the most hot hat one. George's only time to win was Heroes vs. Villains. I don't think he wins any other season. I think the first time he played, he, like, you know, I guess similar to Henry in All Stars, who was making, you know, big moves for the sake of it, he had the wrong reads and everything. And he he basically got saved by Hayley. But like, let's be real, if it wasn't for Hayley, he was saved. And kind of, you know, throughout Brands versus Braun, we saw him make all these really poor social decisions. They kept pissing people off. Like when he photo Emmett, he was, you know, shouting from the booth, you know, if I had to stand there and look pretty, I'd be bitter as well, you know? And but I feel like he plays up for the entertainment but that damages his social game a lot. And the biggest knock, you know, you talk about the players of David and Halley needing the physicality. George is never going to win that final challenge. George, like, you can like I think what Matt and Liz did with George was really good because they know for certain that they can beat George at the final challenge, right? All they got to do is just stick it out there, claim the credit of taking out, you know, the king of banks down. And then that's the game winning move because essentially that was liz got the credit for taking out george right and that was her game game breaking like her quote unquote biggest move you can say that definitely got a lot of the Jew to to vote for her so i think george's big knock so he's never going to win a challenge so he's never going to be able to provide himself towards the end he always needs someone to take him to the end and i personally feel like the best players don't need to rely on other people the best players can make it through themselves can make their own decisions and pathways to get to the end whereas i feel like george every time he needs like a like pretty much his final three of brains versus brawn is essentially perfect because he gets to the end no matter what but you know he obviously doesn't win in either case but thank you i did i love you i love you okay but, <laughs> but um yeah my looking allies. Brain.
1: <laughs> like he's, like, like he's so
2: they're very scarce but um yeah that's my overall thoughts opinions on george i feel like,
1: like... considering the the quirkiness the lack of physical challenge <laughs> capabilities with george is he not actually maybe you know how like if you look at archetypes and molds mm. is he not in a similar mold or an archetype to stevie but just way way better strategically Whoa. Like how can it? you have Stevie? Calm. How, could, no, how can down you there. Have Stevie? <laughs> that,
0: that's, a, that's a very
1: good Don't point. you Chris? That. They're very – very... like, if you were picking your players, they would be in the same, like, type of player yeah. that you would choose from, right? Like, a yeah. Simon and a Sam would be the similar kind of players, or maybe not actually strategically, but, like, you have the physical beast, you have the challenge, the social player. The, I think George and, and Stevie would be similar – Especially considering working. George, George
0: is George is the Lamborghini, and Stevie is the 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 Mini. You know, yeah. It's like wow.
2: uh, <laughs> I, I can't stand his haters, guys. <laughs> no, but I think I think as well. No, listen, you know, I, I
0: do think I do think Mucky, um Just to to bring it up, I think you brought up a really good point with the end game, because mm. we've spoken about that for quite a while when we covered heroes versus villains, where we said he's not going to get to the end because he's not going to win at the end which is a very big big flaw in his game and the physical part of it is something that i think as long as he plays the format of australian survivor is always going to be a problem for him and he and he hasn't really shown himself to be that great at the mental side of it either like i haven't seen him dominate a puzzle or anything like that when he's played there so um those are definitely some good knocks on his game but i just think that the positives outweigh the yeah. limits that he has so much. You know, we're gonna agree on the third person here, kahuna. He's definitely in my top five, you know. Um, I, I, I'm not blind to the weaknesses of the man and the things that he don't do well, but the things that he does right, he does so well. Like strategically, there is no one that thinks faster than him. And I think that no matter how many times he goes out there and plays the game, he will always get close to the end game. Now, will he get into the final again? I don't know, because the problem, again, when I'm looking at players that I think are great, those are the players that adapt their game. And he had a very good game the first time he went out there and played the game, but the second time he did add to his social game. We kept getting told, well, everybody loved him. If he was to make the final, he would have won. People would have voted for him. His social game got so much better. So the fact that he could pivot and, and and work on his weaknesses that he had, which was clearly his social game the first time he played the game, that makes him extremely dangerous. There's, there's nothing, um, you know, who's to say he couldn't go back and get better at the physical game? Who's to say he couldn't go and work on other aspects of his game and come back an even better player? So for me personally, I don't think, like there was a lot of talk about George being the GOAT and immediately I was like, how can you put him a, above, some that have won the game before, especially like a David Gennard, who in my mind is the go to Australian Survivor. I was very shocked by that. But does he deserve a spot in the top five? I don't think there is a bigger name in Australian Survivor um, outside of David Gennard, George, and maybe one more name we haven't mentioned right now. I think those are like the biggest titans you know, of the game. Who knows? Maybe we see them in titles. No, actually, I want to put that out there. We've had too many people (laughs) (laughs) coming back. But, you know, George definitely has to make the list of um, top five. So I I do have him in there, and he is going to be added onto it. I have seen um, that there is a few people here that have commented. So let's just read a few of the comments that have come in. Uh, Gaber said, George is probably Australian Survivor's best strategic player. That man can prepare 1,000 plans for multiple outcomes. We saw it even in that season where... Hayley mm-hmm. and Shawnee and everybody. I mean, Shawnee's not a bad player, but she couldn't keep up with his mind and how quickly he was thinking and preparing for blindsides. Um, you did mention one thing that confused me, Mucky. You said that Hayley saved him. Refresh
2: my yes. memory on where she saved him. The, the Joey vote. And Branson's right, brawn. So Kara yeah. had already gone to brawn and Branson just lost. Hayley, he just grabbed the, the challenge idol as well. He was done and out of the water. I think yeah. yeah, so
0: I I actually give credit to him for convincing Hayley that he was an option. I don't think it knocks his game. I think it shows that she wanted someone she could play with strategically that season and he gave her an option. So clearly he appealed to her. So I don't know if I would knock his game necessarily on that as badly. But I will say, you know, the fact that he twice voted Hayley out of the game and got the better off her strategically – and we have Haley in our top five automatically yeah. means that he's got to be a top five contender. If if myself and Kahuna, like that's our top five lists. If we rate Haley a top five player, how can you not have the person who voted her out twice in the top five list as well? So I feel justified by having him in this list. Um, Jonathan's saying George is a great talker, but I think he come off as almost apathetic at times towards other people he did come off a bit cold sometimes. I will say that. And that's what was so confusing to me. That's that whole season. is because people kept talking about how good a social game is, but sometimes he seemed a little bit like the George we knew from brains versus broad. Right.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think he just, it's also just in his affectation and the way he talks can be very polarizing. Like my wife sits there and goes, Oh, he's so creepy and weird the way he talks. I'm like, he's just talking like, but it, it, I think it hits people the wrong way, and especially the audience. But I think if you're there in person with him, um, I think that goes away completely. And he seems to have made genuine connections and very real friends. And like you said, the testimonies from people that spent actual time with him was that he did improve his social game a lot. They loved him, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I think... The proof is in the pudding that it shows how social he was, and that he did improve the way he interacts with people, um, because they said so, rather than just what we see on TV. Yeah, um,
0: Odette says George doesn't survive the early game of versus, uh Rob Brains versus Brawn without Hayley as advantages. Uh, also, might have been voted first out of Heroes versus Villains if he wasn't injured in the first challenge. Uh, that is a possibility, but I do think that Shawnee would have kept him safe. She really wanted to work with him in that early stages of the game. And that is the part of the game. I think that is George's at his weakest when it comes to those early stages. And the fact that he's been able to survive every single time, that's pretty amazing because he doesn't really bring back, uh, bring much from a a challenge perspective. Like I said, he's not physically going to dominate and he's not necessarily going to be the the mastermind and the puzzle parts of it, but you've got to look at the results. The proof's in the pudding, man. This guy has dominated two seasons that he's been on. I would say um, out of all the players that have come back twice, he's been the most consistent over both of his seasons because I already made the claim that he was the best strategic player not to win after his first season. I feel even more vindicated after the second season that he played. But enough on George here. Uh, We do have danica in the car saying she just realized that the top five australian players i'm listening in the car as i drive to work george luke david harry and shawnee are my five out of the top of my head well we already have george and we have david so far in there so let's see if we have more of your list coming in so to refresh everybody's uh, on on who the top five is so far myself and kahuna have gone pound for pound we've three in a row that we both have agreed on hayley david gannett and george those are our first three that we've agreed on uh mucky has nominated david gannett he agreed on that one with us but then he also had zen and stevie Cal <laughs> in there um both of them sadly did not make it but um i'm gonna be nominating the next one here for our top five and the next nomination and this is where maybe we still have some common ground here kuna Or maybe we have started veering off and we've only hit those three players. But this person is my personal favorite player of all time of Australian Survivor. And is someone that I think people might disagree with. But I feel like this person is the Sarif Fields, who I saw the comment earlier, by the way, from... uh, I think it was Andrew or somebody that said that Sarif Fields is now playing Big Brother 25. Uh, I'm aware of that. I actually watched it. I even watched a little bit of the live feeds which is unheard of for me but its I'm such a big Suri fan I needed to see what was going on in the house. She's playing with her son and big brother over in the US which is pretty exciting for us Survivor fans but this person is the Suri Fields in my mind of Australian Survivor and the reason I say this is because a social game if we're going to give George, all the credit for being the mastermind strategist of Australian Survivor. I don't think there's anybody who has a better social game. Maybe Shawnee would challenge this person, but it's Luke Toki, the people's champion. Um, his first season was a bit chaotic. Like Maki said, there was times he went after Henry, didn't fully work, but eventually he got control of his alliance. Eventually he got control of his tribe that season. He went into the merge after having galvanized Sarah Tillicke and Jericho together in an alliance, and he was the biggest threat that was voted out early. But where I was really impressed with him was his second season coming back and learning from his mistakes, being in the champions versus contenders season, coming back as the only returning player, being dubbed the people's champion. So everybody there knew he was very popular. Everybody knew he knew what the game was about. He was outside of the numbers on that champions tribe how he went about his business and getting Ross over to the dark side, you know going out at night and being villainous with him while they were eating bananas from camp, I believe it was that they were stealing together so that they could work complicit. how he um, managed to just you know get the likes of a David Ganut to work with him, a very very powerful player in this game, someone that he had a strong bond with, Janine and Pierre who was close to him in that first alliance both also very solid players and how he then got swapped into a very bad situation being on the outs and still managing to work his way through to the merge. And then very, very agonist, getting to the end, you know, he could, he could taste the money and then just falling short after winning four individual immunities. He's got the physical game. He's got the strategic game. I think he's got the best social game in Australian survivor. Uh, How could I not nominate the people's champion? 93 out of 105 total days. That's a pretty darn good strike rate. Um, I'm going to go over to Maki first before we go to the Kona because he's the one that normally disagrees with me, but he loves the big characters. So I've got my fingers crossed that he likes this big character. Do you have Luke Toki in your top five?
2: Mm, yes. Yes, I do. Haha, ha, I got you there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, you have to Luke in, right? You know, he is... People call David the God of Australian Survivor. I actually probably think Luke is the God of Australian Survivor. Just he brings so much entertainment into everything he does, not just in Survivor, but in just everything he does, like, you know, with Big Brother, you know, he's going to be on The Traitors as well. And we'll, and so many fans just follow him everywhere because he's he's got such a heartwarming story. You can tell he's just a ripper of a bloke. But he also brings such great strategy. It's sometimes it's very chaotic strategy, but it somehow always works just like how he blindsided um, Abby in, um the final five of champions versus contenders. My all time favorite move in Survivor history, right? My number one favorite move is the three to two to two to two vote. He pulled on Tessa, like how the hell in the final nine can three be a majority with no idols or advantages being played? There was no twists either. But you know, he mucked things up. Y- you know what I mean? He, he you know, he um, <laughs> nah, but Luke, he's just great. And for those who haven't watched Big Brother, um, I highly recommend going to watch this season of Big Brother because even then he had some chaotic strategy and he was able to to pull it off significantly because of his intense social game. He's definitely the best social player. Strategically, he's great. Physically he's great as well. I feel like Luke so, is... dare we say he's an improved
0: he's an improved version of Suri Fields. Could could we say that? Because he's got the physical ability mm. as well that Suri doesn't have. Mm. It doesn't sound like yes. you guys wanna want to piss off
1: the
2: fandom. Yes. <laughs> no I'll piss them off. I, I really do. <laughs> <laughs> but yes.
1: I think for Suri Yeah, like Luke social player very similar to Suri. But because he has that physical side as well, it makes him more of a threat than Suri. Like, I don't think Sari was ever um, really... um... It was Mucky who said it. I didn't say it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I don't think Sari was ever painted as as much of a physical threat. Um, So had that going for her where the social can carry a little bit more because she doesn't have to worry about being voted out for being physical, whereas Luke always had that dangerous element there as well. So... Yeah. Yeah. No. Hundred percent. I mean, I I love I love Luke. You know,
0: Kingmaker Luke Toki. Obviously, everybody he aligns with, they do end up going on and winning the game. Sadly, he has never won Survivor, but you know, he did go and play Big Brother. I don't necessarily want to spoil that for you, but go and have a look at Big Brother because he has a pretty good down run on there as well. And we know that he's going to be on Traders Australia, which will be covered on the Nullified Take channel. That's right. I will be back here hosting it with uh none other than tom mcpherson i don't know if he's still in the live chat here tom's gonna make an appearance My number very one very soon fan. yeah it's gonna be it's yep. gonna be me tom and mucky with no kahuna as an ally to keep them in check so you know the traders coverage might be a little <laughs> bit wild coming into this season so uh, i'm looking forward to that in any case but um yeah you know luke definitely uh such a such a fun player to watch is there anything else you wanted to add to Luke being in this list here, Kahuna, Um, Fun fact, both Luke and David Gannat was inducted into the nullified take Hall of Fame at the end of last year as the two first players to be inducted from Australian Survivors. So it would have been pretty shocking if they weren't on the Hall, of, uh, at least in the top five, after being inducted into the Hall of Fame. And that is a fan-led poll. We will do another one towards the end of this year. So keep an eye out for that.
1: I, I had Luke in my top five. He was, as I said, the top three little bit of sky and then Luke for me sneaks into the, not maybe it's not sneaks in, but for me is a lock in the top five in that fourth position for me. Again, carried by his social game. So strong socially. He's just so effortlessly charming and gets everyone on side like that, that Aussie Bogan larrikin thing, which people just kind of love. He has it in spades. It's just oozing out of him to the point where he gets people on side no matter what. Um, as far as physical goes, he's always got. He's he's always competent, and he's at the top, but never necessarily dominant. He can definitely mm. pull out a win. He can help contribute to your team's success, um, if not be one of the main contributors to that. He he's a bit of a beast, but he doesn't compete with like, I mean, who does with a Lockie or a Sean or something like that? He's not a horse. He's not like one of those big beasts on the squad, um, but. Certainly able to contribute and able to be that challenge, not necessarily beast, but competitor that he needs to be. Because I think the knock on he's Luke, got that, he's got that minus strength. What are you talking about? He's not a horse, you know. He does, he does, he does. yeah, absolutely. Um, I think the problem with Luke is because he is so so strong socially, um, people won't want to go to the end with him, and we've seen that already. The only way for him to really get there is to, I think, he hits a certain point and he has to win out. Because he is so well loved, the people's champion. Literally, I think he got more than the winner from his from the GoFundMe after losing, like after getting voted out. He was such a so popular with the fans, they did a GoFundMe for his family and the difficult situation they were in. But I think he ended up getting more money than the actual winner of the show. He did, which he does. but yeah.
0: but he he gave back anything that he earned above five hundred thousand. So anything above that he he refunded. People back and said don't keep giving me more money you know just yeah. yeah thank you for helping and i think that's goat status as well because you know outside of rupert no one else have ever been giving the same prize money as the winner of a season just by being the fan favorite so yeah. that was pretty impressive pretty impressive to see uh Luckland's land saying yeah i feel like the top five is easy you should do a top 10 there's more contention Clearly, you haven't been here since the start. There's been contention (laughs) through this whole bloody thing because Mucky has as
1: soon as you have Mucky on.
0: Mucky's had some wild picks here in the top five, so you know it's always (laughs) accurate. (laughs) But um, we we will be doing we will be doing uh, top five most underrated players at some stage as well. My fear is that if we did a top ten, it would have probably gone on for quite a bit longer because we've already done this for like an hour and fifteen minutes. But it's been a lot of fun to go back and forth on all of our picks. Let's move on to the, uh, sorry, before that, I also just wanted to answer this for Andre, um, asking if I will do BB25 reviews. Sadly not, because the problem for me is I can't keep up with the live feeds. And I know that if I was to do it on the show, there would be so many people coming onto the channel that would be like, no, this is what's happening on the live feeds. You're completely wrong because the edit is not accurate and That's just too much drama for me to deal with. Right. So, I mean, if I could do it on the show alone, if it wasn't live feeds, I would have definitely considered it. But I'm not, I'm not keeping up with the live feeds. I don't have that kind of time. All right. Let's go into the last pick here for everyone. I believe it is at the last pick. Maki, who do you have as your final top five pick? Let us know.
2: It was a really hard one, this last one. It was really, really difficult. It really goes. It keeps on going back and forth between these two players like I keep like writing it out but then it'll be half one name half another name and then like I feel like these players if there's ever an honorable mention in his heart luckily
0: luckily' late in his heart it counts but so far he's been outvoted because you know myself and so to give you a, a quick recap here um myself and Kahuna. Have actually, agreed on four out of our five top five picks so far, which is pretty impressive. Um, and if two people agree, then that person is in. The people we have not agreed on have been Stevie. He didn't make the list, sadly. It's very tight. I was considering it for a second. Uh you would.
2: stop lying to the audience.
0: <laughs> Zenhen did not make the list. And who else did you have that you nominated in there? I had
2: David and Luke.
0: David and Luke. So yeah. yeah, David and Luke, we were all in agreement. And so those two votes did not make it, sadly. But, you know, Mucky can redeem himself here on this last one. Who, who does he have as, as his last and final top five pick?
2: Ah, oh. you see, I, I want to call some Muckum again, but I actually want to try to see if I, <laughs> I can actually slide on in. Okay, I'm going to try to see if I can cheekily slide, slide my way in. But my fifth player is Benji. Bingy season all right. three on the contenders. And he's always been a player that wanted to come back. And I know it's not just me, production has been wanting him to come back. I believe he's been asked for all stars, for blood versus water. Maybe he was asked for heroes versus villains. I'm not sure, but I know that he has been asked for to come back. But he's always said all stars. He almost was on, but then he had to turn it down for blood versus water. I'm not sure what happened there. He was with his villains. I'm not sure if he was asked or not, but I reckon Benji on a return would be such a dangerous, mad player. I feel like, you know, Benji, he's one of those players where he's he's got a strategic mind of George. I really do think that. And I think if he was able to play again, he would be able to really show that because he went from being absolutely purpled for the first two weeks of the show to be a top contender to win by the merge, you know, and I feel like in terms of power plays, he pulled off the one of the biggest power plays. I reckon if we were to do a top five, you know, power plays of strand Survivor, his move against Matt Rogers and getting sh- and calling out Sean's auto play, stopping her from playing it on Matt in the middle Tribal Council is legendary, you know, and um, and so yeah, so. Yeah, I think Benji—he's a legendary player. He's definitely s- someone who I would love to see come back. And and um, yeah, no. All
0: right, so I, I like I like Odette's idea here. Uh, he, he's saying you should nominate your last picks and discuss the three nominees as a whole. Um, I don't have Benji on my list. <laughs> I don't know if Kahuna Kahuna, do you have Benji on your list? Do we do we? I, I did not have Benji
1: on my list.
0: Yeah, I don't, wow. I don't, I don't think Benji is a bad nomination. I think there is a case to be made top for Benji five. in the top top ten. I I think there's a case for him to be somewhere close. I haven't actually thought out if he is even in the top ten, but he could get close to a top ten. Like he's not a bad player, but maybe just outside, maybe 11 for 12. He might just not sneak into a top ten for me. Yeah. But this next player that I'm going to nominate, I'm not confident that um, Kurnan and I'm. Are gonna agree on the on the last one. So I will nominate this person and then we can I'll do a quick talk about it and then let's see if, if Kahuna does agree, then we're five from five, which would be amazing. Um, and when I did my top five, I realized that I was leaning heavily towards the latter parts of Australian Survivor. It wasn't really the early seasons that impressed me as much, but it was mentioned here earlier by Jonathan that the person who took out David Gennard should be in the top five if David goodnight is the best player of all time. I have that belief myself as well. I've always been a very big Pia fan. And Pia is in my top five, Pia Miranda. Um, mm-hmm. And I know that that is someone that some people have loved her. Some people have not loved her win because she took out Luke Toki. But in my mind, in her season, she outplayed two of the greatest to ever play Australian Survivor. And if you've outplayed two of them, even if you've played one season, that is pretty darn impressive. And I think that Pia doesn't play the type of game that I normally find entertaining when it comes to Survivor. I like the players that are out there in the front making the bombastic moves. But I think that there is no one else that have played Australian Survivor that have managed their threat level better than Pia Miranda. She went into that season. She was a target very early on. The Champions Tribe, the Sporty Alliance, they were they were gunning for her. She did not get others to save her. She went to work to get the numbers to save herself, to convince those that were on the fringes to move with her and um, Janine and create this extra alliance that could work on the sides, which became the core of the whole season. She ultimately ended up playing with Godmother allowing the godmother to take the hits using the shield that the godmother provided for her and Abby as the challenge beast sitting behind that as a silent assassin just to come out of you know the shadows at the right time to claim the win at the end and I feel like if she comes back she could be the Sandra Diaz twine of Australian Survivor where people could underestimate her because she wasn't the biggest character of her season but I feel people will overlook her. And she could become the first two-time winner that we see on Australian Survivor. I would not be surprised. The only problem is I've spoken to Pia a few times. Um, who knows? We might still get her because she's quite keen to come and talk about Survivor US. She She's always said she'd love to talk about Survivor US on the show. So maybe we get her as a guest at some point to come and talk to us about Survivor US. But I don't know if she'll go back to play Australian Survivor because her experience with Australian Survivor and the fan reception when she won really put her off. With uh, the fact that Luke was so popular. And another little bit of insight around Pia is that when I did an interview with her as well about her time playing champions versus contenders, she let me in on a little bit of information that David was on a phone call with her quite a few times to strategize on how he should adapt his game going into All-Stars. And I'm not okay. saying that, that she... If he, if, I'm not saying that she should be credited with his win. He won, but clearly he adapted the things that didn't work so well. So he wanted to know, you know, the girls were onto him very early on in his season. And he wanted to know, how could I be different if I had to work with girls and things out there? How could I approach them differently? And how could I include them better? And what should I adapt to my game? And she did give a lot of advice. Both her and the godmother gave him a lot of advice. So I personally have always rated Pierre's game very highly, I'm very interested. I haven't read any of the comments. I don't know where people are sitting. I know Jonathan is a big, big fan of Pia as well. Kahuna, um, do we have to question go to your nomination?
1: Question from Gabe first about Pia. Would you say it is Would just you... Pia's own skills, or does she need allies like Godmother and Abby, similar to JT needs Stephen?
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a great question. I think that the st- one of the things that's unproven, right, with Pia is that. That worked for her that season because she had someone capable of making moves while she was still very involved. Because remember, throughout that whole season, Janine kept telling us she's not making these strategic decisions on her own. Pia is just as involved. She called Pia the Sicilian sitting behind her still making the moves with her. So I do think that there was a combination of them working together. So you could also say maybe she wouldn't have been able to make those moves. Uh, Janine wouldn't have been able to make those moves without the likes of a peer as well. So it could have been either or it could be a JT Stephen Fishback kind of situation. But I do think that she's the kind of person that just manages her threat level extremely well, where she can sit behind players. You're not going to go through a whole season without there being players like Zen Hen who wants to make the moves, like a David Gennett who wants to make the moves, like a Luke Toki who wants to make moves. And I think her social game is good enough that she could get in with them <clears throat> and sit behind them until it's time to cut them loose. So that's why, that's that's literally her strength. I feel like if we're looking at Haley, great all round player, David, great all round player, George, strategic mastermind, Luke, socially, the best, threat level, different way of playing this game, managing that threat level, and I think that is where she excels. That's why I'm nominating her personally.
1: Um, Jonathan pointed out that she was, of course, the second unanimous female winner ever. By the way, and people overlook so, that. People hmm. overlook that
0: a lot of the times. So, anyways, so Kahuna, I'm interested to know: do we go for your nomination next, or do you have um, an? Do we have an agreement there? Do you have someone else? I, I
1: don't agree with Pia. I don't agree with Pia. I, I love Pia Miranda. I was so stoked to see her on the season. I was, I was actually in year 12 doing my HSC on the my, – my HSC book was Looking for Ella Brandy, and that movie came out at the time when I'm 17 years old and have its crush on this main character that I'm studying. So I have a, a very soft spot in my heart for Pia Miranda for 20-plus years now. Um, but so just was, before you nominate
0: – Yep. Just before you nominate – Audience, this is where you're going to get involved. So get ready. This is going to come down to a vote very soon between the last three because oh, we need a tiebreaker. Whoa, whoa,
1: whoa. Okay.
0: Mucky has I just want to say, yeah, Pia, I don't
1: put as a top winner for me. So Mucky's got Benji. you have got, I've P. got yeah.
0: Pia Miranda. Kahuna, who is the third person that we're going to put out there to a vote? And then I will bring a poll up in the live so you can vote for your favorite player or the player you want to make the top five list here. Kahuna. Let us know. I could do a thing person...
1: here. Do I actually put forward my person that I, I think, or do I try to think who would the, the audience vote for me to get the win on that? You know? <laughs> I, I would say stay true. Stay true to, to what you were going to do. Um, yeah, well, I mean, as I said, I had a clear top three. I had Luke as a solid four, and that fifth spot for me was really wide open um, To to... Think of someone who dominated, who did all the thing. It was a lot harder to find that fifth person for me. And I was kind of oscillating between a few. I had um, Shawnee in my mind for her social game. I had um, Mark as a potential because he's a winner. I think he played a strong game, but much of it was tied to Sam. I loved Matt Rogers when he played, but I think I'm going to have to go to And this might be a mucky choice for me. This might be one that I think is a solid choice, but it's more personal and emotional based than maybe factual and based in reality. Um, (laughs) Wow. Wow. (laughs) But I do think I will get some love for this. And I think, Chris, you would rate my person very highly as well, but I'm going for Brooke. Um, as Brooke is a top five player for me. I loved her on the season. I think she was so showed so many strengths, so many, like physically, socially, strategically. She seems to be, again, one of those total package players that ran into you know, ultimate betrayal by her bestie in the game, you know, that sort of thing, where she kind of seemed to be on a good track. Um, and then ultimate betrayal again with Locky. I don't even talk about that guy. <laughs> Throwing away the, <laughs> the, the biggest mistakes in the history of anything ever, by the way. <laughs> having Brooke and then letting that, but um, yeah, I I think she's a, a very, very solid player. And for my fifth pick, I maybe chose more with heart than results, but I think she's strong, smart, friendly, social, and seems to have a total package. And when I said before that some players outperform what their capabilities are, I think she's the opposite. I think she could probably do a lot better than, We've already seen her do successfully so far, but I think her skill set and her package is probably more or should have yielded better results than what she's gotten so far.
0: I, I, f- I feel very similar to Jonathan here that all three probably features in the top 10 or very close to the top 10. In any case, I'm a big Brook fan as well. So I feel very good about the fact that The last one is going to come down to the audience, to the side. There's actually one that none of us agree on. And I've put it to the audience to vote for who they think should be added to the top five. So now is your opportunity to add uh, who you think should be added to this top five as well. So go and vote in the live. Let us know if it should be Pierre, Brooke, or Benji that's going to be added. And I saw some people wanting to sabotage here, saying we should vote for Um, vote for uh, the person that Mucky put out there to sabotage myself and (laughs) because we've been getting a lot of it going our way so far here on this live. This is all your fanboys, Mucky, that's uh, coming here and uh, trying to mess up the vote.
2: (laughs) Exactly, exactly. I do have my fans out there. You guys aren't my fans, but I do have some fans. I do have some fans out there. Uh, um, People are me in
1: Brook, by the way
0: people are saying Luckland's land saying no locky and arena are a cute couple um yeah but listen i i i still think i don't even know this other girl but brooke is stunning so you know and she's a she's a challenge beast yeah so you know
1: six individual immunity wins yeah that man more than, grade.
0: yeah so she's the she's the ultimate challenge beast of survivor but let's have a look at the votes. Where's the votes going at the moment? At the moment, we've got eight 50%. votes so far in there. Pia is leading the vote yeah. by 50 percent,
1: and Benji Rose. at
0: 38 percent, and then Brooke at 12 percent of the vote. Overall. Come on, so yeah, Brooke's I, lagging I, I behind know, a little bit now. We board.
2: know what it's like to be on the bottom, bro. You know, I've been stuck. <laughs> no, in that's the because whole I just
1: I mentioned it last, so that's why she's getting. Oh, okay.
2: Well, <laughs> actually, ironically, the other person who I was topping up was Flick. Flick, yeah, Flick, Flick yeah, is...
0: From Flick season is, one. Yeah, she's a decent player. And, and also, while I like you, the fact that you brought Brooke up is because I did say we didn't have many people from those early seasons, even though she was probably even more impressive coming back in All-Stars, dominating against a very stacked you know, group of players when it comes to the physical challenges. And she ended up still winning as many immunities as four, I believe, that season, which is pretty impressive to see If you look at who she went up against in the likes of David Gannat, for instance, and was it Zach, the bodybuilder? There were some physical specimens on that season that she went up against. So that was pretty impressive to see. But I will say, as we're closing the vote off here, that Pia Miranda does officially get inducted into the top five. At 56% of the vote. Benji is sitting at 33% of the vote, coming in second with Brooke at eleven percent of the vote. So um, yeah, what what a what a good top five. I feel pretty happy with that. I actually got a hundred percent of my top five in there. Um, <laughs> Haley, <laughs> David Gannat, George, Luke Toki, and Pia all make our top five. I'm glad to see Pia get a little bit of love as well when it comes to the top five, because like I said. Her experience with the fandom, having had conversations with her, with her, and I think it's the not the the fandom like ourselves, the ones that listen to all these podcasts that get involved online. I, don't, I think we understand why Pia had to cut, um, you know, Luke at the end to win the money because she was out there to yeah. win the bag, and and she's a you know she's the biggest Survivor fan. Like she's watched it since the first season. She was a massive fan of the US franchise as well. So imagine going out there and then you have this bad experience with the casual fandom in Australia. That's kind of what she had to go through. A lot of that bullying part of it afterwards. So at least there's a bit of love being given out here on the Nullified Take channel. Um, I feel very happy with the top five that we have got here. The next topic is going to be even more interesting. Uh, That's going to be the one where we talk about who's the most underrated or undervalued players of Australian Survivor. So I think, Maki, that's going to be your opportunity to shine because, you know, you're probably going to come out with some some left-field picks on that one.
2: Yes, yes. Now, I'm excited. I'm excited. I wonder if any of my picks will make the bloody top five (laughs) this time or if any of you will even agree with me. But I guess we'll see how how all that goes. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm super excited.
0: If Lee isn't on that list. Yeah, well, there's a possibility Lee could be on that list. Lee to me was the Colby Donaldson of um, Australian Survivor season one. You know, not that he took necessarily, you know, Christy to the end, but just I mean, he, he, he did almost every. Yeah, well, Christy won, so she took him to the end. But True. you know, she won the final immunity. But I feel like just in the way that he was such a, a physical specimen that season, but. You know, and strategically he didn't do he was probably even strategically better than Colby. So I don't even know if it's a fair comparison, to be honest. Mm. But yeah, we'll we'll have to go and think about that. That will be one of our next topics. But before we do that topic next week here on the channel, have a look at the live coming up with myself and Survivor Bandit from YouTube as well. He's from the UK. So guess what? I had to get the only UK YouTube content creator that I could think of on the channel so we can talk about the upcoming season of Survivor UK. You know, will it flop or will it succeed? That will be the topic of discussion when we get together next week with Survivor Bandit to talk about Survivor UK coming up. And then after that, we've got quite a lot of shows that are starting to premiere now. We've got The Challenge coming up. We've got Traders starting very soon. So all of that will be covered here on the channel. And we will have some more Survivor Australian Survivor content before the the survivor us season start as well so if you like this type of content once again consider subscribing we're getting close to two thousand subscribers all of your support is much appreciated everybody that is in the live tonight you were brilliant thank you for taking part in the vote and getting my vote pia over the line i appreciate it very much (laughs) (laughs) kurt any final thoughts there from you before we uh finish this live off
1: no great great live great top five except for mucky um (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah I am happy with that. The fact that we relied on four out of the five and then to have Pia as the fifth I'm not I'm not hating on that at all. I think it was a really good good session. I was very
0: surprised you didn't bring Jericho up. I thought the Filipino connection. Yeah. I from. mean
1: he's always a a special place in my heart. I love the man to no end but um I mean he, he's probably top 10 maybe I don't know top I, I don't know like I haven't Yeah, he had no chance of all like stars. 10, but, he's a winner he no... there's like seven of them yeah. right so <laughs> he, he was being
0: he was being set up to fail in all stars in my mind so i wouldn't even consider his all-star game i would only look at his first season that he played and i enjoyed him as a winner in fact that's one that we should do in the future is rank the winners as well i know that will be very controversial mm. when we do that but um yeah for now that is it here i and congratulations to survivor for the logie win we didn't even bring it yes. up. Australian Survivor That's winning fair. the Logie. That's that, that was phenomenal. And obviously, um, having the Heroes versus Villains season, it was so impressive. Very, very well done to everybody that took part in the heroes versus villains season. But for now, that is everything that we have here for this. If you just jump in at the end, this was a very spicy live. There's a reason it took us an hour and thirty-seven minutes. Maki kept myself in Kahuna on our toes with his nominations throughout this whole hour and 37 minutes. So make sure to go back and listen to it from the start to take part in all of the shocking reactions from the live audience and myself with Kahuna as Mucky gave us a zinger after zinger nomination every single time. But for now, thank you everybody for watching and we'll catch you guys next week. Bye. Bye.